Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dorkiest Timeline Podcast, the tangent of the two fanboys in a filthy casual podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Krija. This is Dennis. And I am Harold. I'm Lewis. <laughs> Very Lewis. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I Why is he what, a country bumpkin now, dude? I don't know what that was. Lewis was actually. Why is Lewis from Nebraska all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, I mean, as... I've seen Lewis in so long, so he might as well have a Nebraskan accent. <laughs> Look, he was there when we had dinner. That's true. Right. I mean, but a lot, a lot can happen. That is like, true. Yeah. Also, before we, he transformed into Canadian. Lewis, so maybe now twenty twenty four is Nebraskan uh, Lewis. <laughs> uh, before we go on to the actual episode and everything, I just want to point out how old we are in the fact that the last time. Whoa, we... whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. This, is on, this is signed up for. <laughs> yeah, but the last time that we hung out, after a while, our conversation turned into ear medication. <laughs> Uh, someone may or may have not purchased the medication, <laughs> and it may or may not be on the counter as we speak. <laughs> Has it worked? Has it worked? It, it's working. Okay, um, there you go. We're like day two. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. I, I'm trying to remember um, when I when our thing was. My ears still bothering me when I was there when we last talked. Because you just visited the doctor for it. Just visited, okay. Uh-huh. Did I tell you that um I was supposed to go for a uh, a follow up, but because there was a stubborn little piece of um stuff there in there that would not <laughs> oh, leave. No, no. Uh, is it gone now? No, it's still stuck there. Okay, well, is yeah, it painful? It's just irritating. So they they. Yes, everybody, this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about ear medication. Um, they, they gave me these like antibiotic like eardrops. And mm. it's it, it's creepy as hell because I it it feels like something is crawling in there every single time. And uh, that's the episode for today. It's, it's like it's like um the a Star Trek uh movie where um somebody put uh, the Wrath of Khan where they put that thing in the ear. That's what it feels like every single time. So in my head, there's there's something living in my ear right now, and every single time I squeeze the medication, I I, I in my head I hear it. I don't know why that that was a Nebraskan earworm sound, by the way. Now I all hope everybody listening is listening with headphones on so they think that there's an earworm in there <laughs> there's literally something crawling. yeah uh, and if you have questions about what kind of medications we're talking about you know hit us up on our facebook page <laughs> or you can go to our patreon for it <laughs> yeah for medical advice the patreon please yeah as you all know, when there's a collection of Filipino Americans together, there's a chance somebody can give medical advice. Yeah. Also, as an added to this, we did have to do a uh, blood pressure medication check for a couple of us here, just to make sure that we we're all running around the same kind of medication that does or does not have side effects. 
gosh, we yeah, are uh, old. Yeah, me, Lewis, Harold, and I were 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 thinking of comparing our uh, our medications. That's going to be another episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> we talk about roundtable. We talk about our meds. <laughs> What's your dosage? <laughs> oh, generic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's how. That, that's how I still have money, bro. The, the way I go it. through my medication. I do love uh, it. Okay, so seriously, um, before I, any of our our five listeners that already left, um. <laughs> Let's try to salvage the episode. What are we talking about today, Kirsch? So, um, we're well. First of all, happy New Year. We're going to talk about our um, favorites from the previous year. What are our? What were or are? What are our favorites? That doesn't sound right. What were, what were our favorites from twenty twenty three? I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, for for our listeners, um. I know we joked around it, but Lewis is not here today. Just so you know, so it's gonna be. We're just wondering why he's really, really quiet and hasn't participated in the medication talk yet. He was, he was butthurt. Uh, yeah, Lewis, Lewis is so old that he needed to sleep already. Yikes! Yikes! Yes. <laughs> Tough <a> crowd. <laughs> Dennis is so old. The only, the only thing that he, that, that he wants from Kurja are lemons. <laughs> Take my lemons, actual lemons. Like I, there's a tree. I have a tree, a lemon tree. Yeah. So don't get, you know. Yeah, all the things I miss about Kurja, it's her tree. It's just a tree. I know it's okay. It's there. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so what are we talking about? <laughs> Our favorite stuff of 2023. Uh, I'll go first then, because since I think I have her. I know I'm going to start with probably my second favorite movie, but also a movie that I will never probably ever watch again because as Krizia can attest to this, this movie will mess you up and this movie will never have make you have faith in anything ever again. Uh, The movie is called The Iron Claw. I don't know, Kriz, how you were able to watch it when you watched it. Um. But also for me, as and I've thought, and the reason I'm going with this first is because a on my TikTok feed, it's a bunch of people recording themselves before they watch the movie, and then after they watch the movie, and it's like you know all these happy-go-lucky people, like yeah, Zac Efron, he's always funny, and then the end product is just a bunch of people crying, and it's just like. It's somebody who is like a big fan of wrestling, obviously, and somebody who, you know, um, did nothing but watch documentaries for a big portion of my life. I've seen almost every documentary of the Von Eric family, and I already knew the tragedy and tragic past of these guys. And even I was like surprised at how much I was feeling for this movie because this movie is messed up. Like, I me going into it knowing what's going to happen it softens the blow just a little bit more but for everybody else who has no clue on what they're expecting i don't know how you did it so that's one of my favorite movies Krish, how the hell did you do it i i don't know i i mean i wanted i don't know i wanted to go into the 
to the theater not knowing the story because you know i knew that it was you know based on a real life family a real life wrestling legacy um so i didn't want to do any research about it um, so i went blind and i was blindsided at how <laughs> tragic how tragic that was i mean yes the movie is great like the performances are great everything right down all the way down to the costumes like everything was like rick flair's costume in that movie is so good like someone made that um but i, I feel like i made the biggest mistake watching that and choosing to watch that as our christmas day movie there it is uh, <laughs> and it just wrecked me it 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 wrecked me and i mean to this day i'm Oh man, I'm I'm just scarred for life, and I just just so sad that that actually happened to actual people, you know, to a family. Um, yeah, but it was a great film. Yeah, th so the thing with me is, all the documentaries I see, they always focus on Kevin Von Erich, the guy that uh, Zac Efron plays, obviously because mm -hmm. he's the only one that's still alive. Spoiler alert: everybody else in their family is pretty much dead. Um. <laughs> And like, um, he's like the least sympathetic guy as a person because he's just like, yeah, you know, stuff happens. My brother died. That's crazy. And my other brother oh. killed himself. Oh, man, that's nuts. You know, <laughs> it's like, hey, man. Numb to it all. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think after a while, it, the guy was just like, oh, somebody else in my family died. Well, that's that's not cool. But I guess we trudge on because the business always has to move on. So it and it's it's literally like their family was raised on what's best for the business and the business is never going to stop you got to keep going and the thing that messed it up more for me was in the documentaries they talk about you know obviously how some of them passed away but this one they showed almost almost all of it and yeah dude <laughs> it's like this is this is not, this is not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy. Oh gosh, hearing how, hearing how Kevin Von Erich is now, like a little numb to it, that makes the story even more sad. And I'm gonna cry again. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's funny that um, you guys are talking about it, and you know, I I claim to be an um a, a, a former wrestling fan, um, but um, I have to tell you, like. For some reason, the Von Eric story was not something that I knew about. Um, and then after um, hearing you guys talk about it, um, like I knew I knew about the, the I knew that uh, like a couple of them that died, but I did not like kind of encourage. I was on the same page where I didn't know the extent of it. You know, I, I, well, for some reason in my head, it was like two. And that, to me, that was already like tragic. You know, I was like, oh, man, two of your family members died. But the fact that you know the circumstances and everything it's oh. definitely you know um not a christmas um movie uh, no. uh, so so for now it's it's like home alone die hard and then the claw the iron claw dude. Yeah, uh, yeah i it's gonna be my christmas tradition <laughs> that, that literally this movie feels like my new requiem for a dream right it's like oh. You know, it's like, oh, I saw it. I can claim I saw it. I can claim I loved it. But I can also claim that I've 
well, Requiem I've seen, I think, three times, but I don't know when I'm going to watch this movie again. It's going to be a while. And I got to yeah. really prep myself to watch it. Because like I was telling Krisha, when I went to watch the movie, there was a grandma who took her grandkids, like teenagers, to watch this. And at the end of the movie, the kids are yelling at their grandma saying, why did you take us to watch this? And I was just like, oh, they had no clue. They had no idea. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So, yeah, that's how I ended 2023. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just just so I can remember, that's, that'll be a good other topic. Just like a what and like, what are the other one and done movies? Yeah. <laughs> Someday we need to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. So, so Harold talked about movie, uh, his uh, one of his favorite movies of the year, or not favorite, but maybe best movie. Um, My best movie, and surprisingly, I had a lot of movies that I really liked. Uh, you know, definitely Barbie is up there. Um, the Marvels is up there. You know, um, uh, John Wick Four is up there. Like all, all these uh, movies. But the funniest part is that um, you know, when we were preparing for this, um, you know, I I was I was planning on doing all those things, um, and um, I recently watched a Netflix movie that kept on popping up on my list. It, it just kept on saying, "You should watch this. You should watch this." It's like, nah, you know, it's 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 a kids movie. It's a cartoon. Um, it looks kind of silly and everything. Have you guys watched a movie called Nimona yet? Mm-mm. So mm, I don't even know what that is. Exactly. So Nimona is this. Um, it's the only actor that I or the only person that I name I even know there is a. Um, and I think that she's the reason why I even decided to is um, is Chloe Grace Moretz, um, and she was she was one of the, uh, the the voice actresses, and it's a it's um it's a film that that came out earlier this year, um, and the whole premise is um, the, uh, you know I, for those people who don't know I'm I'm a huge like um, knights and dragon like I like the fantasy um, you know realm and everything. Um, and uh, the whole premise of it is this, uh, that, um, th- this, uh, what do you call this, this uh, knight, um, the, like this whole society where knighthood, um, is kind of like a privilege, like, and only the 1% of everybody gets to be a knight. You have to, you have to be born in a certain, like a cast in order for you to be a knight. Um, and whoever's a knight is, is held in like. Um, in esteem and 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 celebrated, um, and so the whole premise of it is that um, finally there was one person that was chosen that's not within like an outsider was going to become a knight. Um, it was going to be his uh, his big day, and somebody sets him up, um, and he accidentally kills the queen, and so that so the whole thing you know ends there. And of course it's a it's a TV movie, so there Chloe Grace Moretz plays this like shape-shifting um you know monster that um like is goofy and everything and i watched it um because my daughter wanted to watch it and i was like okay cool and i was sitting there it, it, it was funny i was like oh okay i like this i actually like this i actually like this and um um i thought the movie was almost over um but and we had to like watch um we had to uh, eat dinner so i pressed pause and i was like wait a minute i'm only halfway through this movie um and there's a second part of this whole movie that like actually got to me at the end of the whole thing i was i actually had tears rolling down my 
my my my eyes. And I was like, oh my god, this is such a great movie. Um, and what's cool about it is that it is very uh, it, it is very inclusive. You have, um, you know, like the, a lot of the characters, uh, a lot of the characters are, are you can clearly see, especially the the knight who is not part of the uh, the the upper echelon. You can see that he's um, being played by somebody else, by a, a person of an, another um, like uh, race. And at the same time, um, two of the main guys over there, um, clearly, visibly, without uh, you know hiding anything, have a, a, a you know two, the two dudes have a relationship with each other, and it's not like hidden, it's not like in secret, it's actually out in the open. And so there's all of these like very you know um uh, very um modern and very um in the now like um scenes and it was really cool and, and it was surprising to me just how much i emotionally got involved in it you know so for um if you've never watched it and for not just the two of you uh, other people it's on netflix it's called nimona n i m o n a um and i would truly suggest it if you liked um if you like mitchell's versus the machine kind of like oh, that okay kind of not as wacky but kind of like that style of like emotional like um story but with like fun action um and 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 goofing around so the, that that's the only thing i can think of so that was my number one movie which is a sleeper pick and um if uh you know if my daughter didn't wasn't bored one day i would have never actually picked up that that and never never would have watched it so that's my number one this year no oh, that's cool it's cool i just pulled up the voice cast list mm. there are a lot of great people so outside of Chloe Grafferat, Riz Ahmed, Eugene Yang, one of the Try Guys is in this. Uh, RuPaul, this is cool. I'm 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 adding this to my list. Yeah. So awesome. aside from that was the thing it was Chloe Grafferat and RuPaul, and kind of shows you I don't know any of those people. Who knows me? That's a reflection <laughs> on me. But those are the two people. I was like, ooh, I got to watch this because of those two. I don't even know what adult Chloe Grace Moretz's voice sounds like. I just know her cussing as a child. And that's all I can picture her is, you know, swinging around a Bali song and being like, hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but I, I mean, well, well she was in Neighbors. That almost too. sounds like Chloe, Chloe Grace Morris, the way you said it. <laughs> Thank you. But I mean, I've seen her in a couple of things, but that's, that's really cool when you get to see like, um, especially when it's unexpected stuff. Like think let's I was talking to my friend about this yesterday. One of the things I kind of miss about even though I have cable is the guide shows you what's gonna be coming up or when things are coming on, as opposed to you having the adventurous spirit to just be like, whatever's on, let's see if it's I enjoy it and whatnot. And there's also some limited channels that you just end up watching stuff and if it wasn't for things like that, I never would have watched movies with like the two barbarian twins, those two giant dudes and like random B movies that I never would have expected and ended up, you know, casually becoming mm -hmm. super fans of like the American Ninja movies. And it, it's kind of lost in that way where. Um, yeah, we have the algorithms on Netflix and all the streaming services. But the search function where it's like, hey, maybe you'd like this. It's really hard to find things that, you know, would have like a common interest on things that you've previously watched. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I feel like that's another topic, <laughs> another <laughs> episode. Because you're right, like the way we select things are are different now. The way things are presented to us are are different. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's a good point to bring up. <laughs> So um, how did you, how did how did your daughter find it then or how did you guys find it? It was just uh, it, it, well, we were sitting there one day and uh, we were just flipping through it and she was like, "Ooh, what is that?" I'm like, "I don't know." And since again, the, it was a girl and there was a cute sidekick, um, and she was like, "Okay, let's watch it." Simply that, and like like you said, sometimes it is it is better that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Aww. That's a good pick, and and now it's on my list. <laughs> let me know. Let me know. I will. Um, I think one of my favorite things um, about 2023 for me was actually going back to the movie theater. It's been a while since I had like you know a pass or any. I mean, really, the pandemic really affected me going into the movie theater to enjoy a movie theater with other people. Um, but I feel like 2023, I was back in the theater. Um, my husband and I bought the Regal Pass. So we went, I feel like we saw all the movies we wanted to see. Um, so I guess one of my favorite parts, I'm not going to single anything out. Well, I, I might, but I feel like the movie going experience has been like re- reawakened in me and I don't know just being in a theater um and seeing you know Barbie for instance and I feel like I mentioned this in the in a previous episode and seeing generations of girls of women just like connecting in different ways while we're watching a movie about a doll that was that was really like beautiful to be a part of um watching Oppenheimer in the theater in IMAX just everyone's silent when the, the Trinity test went off. Um, but I think my favorite, I will, I will single out my favorite movie moment. And it was, it was a moment in a film where everyone in the audience was grossed out, <laughs> but also kind of like intrigued. Um, so um, I watched Saltburn in the theater and it's definitely up there it's probably in my top five, right, of 2023. Um, and the reason, uh, I mean, it's not number one. There, there's just so many movies. But I, the reason why I singled that out was because there was just a collective experience in the theater that I missed, that I, that I, uh, I, I haven't had in a long time. And just everyone, like, squirming and, like, contracting their bodies because they're so grossed out um and it's not like a horror movie uh it's just like a crazy story about a deranged person um and it's a story about you know um admiration and uh like uh, just what's that what's that like just obsession it's just like a story about an obsession um so there are just parts in this movie that just made everyone uncomfortable, but we're all feeling uncomfortable together, everyone in a, like a packed theater. Um, I feel like that was my favorite 
movie moments because and like just the entire theater was grossed out. <laughs> what, 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 how, how did the like? How did the audience actually react? Like, was there like gasps? Well, oh, like there gasps. There were there was what the f's? There's no no. <laughs> Um, and then just like, or and then you also see people like leaning forward in their seat, just like wanting to be physically closer to the action, right? Even though it's, you know, on a screen. Um, so every reaction, it was, it happened. <laughs> it happened in the theater, and it just really made me realize how great going to the movie theater is. Um, I don't know if I'll keep the, <laughs> I don't know if I'll keep the regal pass. It was very beneficial um, last year because there's really uh, where 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 I am in the world isn't there isn't a lot going on. So movies were really like arrested. Um, but I don't know. I, I might keep it just because I mean there's so much to look forward to in 2024. Another episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fact that your movie pass is the regal pass. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like mine is Cinemark, um, and and I think yeah. I think there's a reason why um my my pass is cheaper is because the uh, the people that go and watch in the, the Cinemark theaters um are are in the same realm as your your group because instead of hearing instead of people going uh, reacting you know and and gasping to what's happening in the movie um what's going on in Cinemark is that uh you know kids running around you know people are talking it's it's not the most cinematic uh, <laughs> even if you're there at like like uh, at night it's still so, sounds like um you know 1990s Burbank AMC a matinee people are just like talking and and doing whatever they want throughout the whole thing so um I I might have to upgrade my uh my movie pass yeah how much is the cinema pass um like per month yeah uh HBO like 15 bucks I think or something something like that but you get like a free ticket every single month oh um, that's so good Yeah, and then you got twenty percent. Yes, we're shilling for Cinemark now. Yes, <laughs> you crappy, crappy, uh, but cheap, lovable uh, theater. You. Oh, now that you're talking about that, actually, when I went to watch the Iron Claw, mm -hmm. I saw it at um the AMC at the Northridge Mall. Um, mm -hmm. but also I got a five dollar ticket from Adam to from uh T-Mobile to watch it. And I was like, five dollar movie. I'm down. Uh, I have no work tomorrow, or I'm off work early. And then when I got to AMC, they're like, "Oh, by the way, you have a free popcorn and a free soda." And I was like, "So I'm paying like for my candy." I was like, "Altogether, your bill is eleven dollars." I was like, "Sweet." Oh, <laughs> it was less. It was like less than fifteen bucks. I'm sorry, but yeah, I mean, the movie going experience. By the way, and I'm just gonna bring this up is. I've also learned in 2023 that as much as I have a person that I take to watch movies sometimes when I don't want to watch movies by myself, I saw a lot of movies by myself last year because I just don't feel like dragging people to some of the things that I wanted to watch. Like, I there was no way this girl was watching The Iron Claw with me. And 
I was yeah, that's like, not a date movie. <laughs> yeah, she dragged me to watch Oppenheimer, and I was it, it wasn't so much dragging. It was like, oh, I'll watch Oppenheimer with you. But for everything else, it was like when I wanted to watch something, I'm like, I don't want to bother anybody. I'll let people know that I'm going to watch it. And if they want to come or if they feel like saying something, then feel free. But I'm just going to go sit by myself, which is like how I basically went through 2023 anyways. So, yeah. I like how the uh, movie about the creation of the, the, the world's most destructive weapon pales in comparison to the Iron Claw. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. <laughs> it's like, I think more people died in the Iron Claw than they did in Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> like on screen yeah i think you're right <laughs> i was like i don't think i saw anybody die in oppenheimer uh excuse me all those thousands hundreds of thousands of lizards and um you know snakes uh in the oh in the desert that died because yeah. of that. please consider <laughs> all life uh no i can't say that you could say it you could say it Animals, <laughs> look, I see. I don't know what, what's PC anymore. <laughs> You're gonna say it. You were gonna say. It. <sighs> I'm say, you okay. can't say pro, say pro life. I, see, there you go. There's yeah. way, there's no there's way, no way, way around too it. many way too many minefields. Yeah, and we yeah. cannot dodge. Yeah, there, there's no dodging. <laughs> kind of kind of like Von Eric's deaths. Yes. Ooh. yeah that's pretty that's pretty rough um for me also 2023 was the year that i realized i like happy k-pop female songs um i know we you know from when chris introduced us to bts a few years back i was still like you know i, I dig the music but i wasn't obsessed with it the way what happened to me in 23 ended up being and I, and for the most part, I realized why I ended up liking these songs more than I probably ever would have. It's because and I've talked about this openly as like 2023 was not the best year for me, both physically and mentally. And some of these songs were so damn happy that I was like, also, it seemed like a trigger for my depression because I was like, I'm playing this song for the sixth time in a row which I probably should have stopped three times ago, but you know me, but I was like, Oh, it's, it's keeping me, it's giving me the endorphins where it's like, Oh yeah, that's what I needed. I needed like some kind of, uh, audio stimulus stimulus that was keeping me happy. And I was like, I need more of this. And yes, I became like, I usually do where I have an addiction to things. It was like, if I like the way this style sounds, maybe I'll like some of this stuff. And like, you know, Spotify was basically like, oh, if you dig this, listen to this. So every time I would have to go some places where I'd be by myself, I'd be like just chilling. And if people were wondering what the hell I was listening to, it was either like New Jeans or like La Seraphim. And even though they had the one song and they broke up, I was listening to that stupid 50-50 Cupid song. That's the one that was literally, <laughs> that's probably my song of the year was 50-50's Cupid. Just because it was so happy, it was so catchy, and then the fact that there's a downfall and those guys will never be back again was like full circle depression mode for me. Where it's like, oh, I'm never gonna hear them sing this song live. So, yeah, oh, 2023. 
welcome to K-pop. <laughs> yeah, but it's like more or less. I don't know. I mean, I loved like the girl K-pop groups because it's not that they were better dancers or better singers, but they were just more happy about doing things. And you know, I don't know if that sounds strange because when I watch like the guy groups, it's like they're so. They look like they're serious and they're, mm. you know, they do look, they do look like they're having fun, but they're also like, it doesn't seem like they're being playful with the fact that they're pop stars. And then they have these like girls who are just like, oh, we're just happy to be here. And if you're listening to our stuff, you know, I hope you enjoy it. And it's like, dude, there's no pretentiousness with this stuff. It's like, if they suck, they suck, but whatever, they're still dancing and singing somewhat pretty good. So, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really just for the joy, right? There's just so much joy in in those girl groups. I I agree. What what a year the like like female K-pop groups have had. Um, like New Jeans at um, was it Lollapalooza? Now I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was Lollapalooza. Thank you for reminding me <laughs> about uh, that for, that concert. By the way, I watch it on repeat still. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. And you see, like, just, yeah, you're right. You're right, Harold. Just, like, happiness in not just their faces performing, but, like, everyone in the audience, right? Everyone's just, like, everyone just gets so happy. So I get that. Yeah. And I've I've learned through 2023 how much, and I probably probably should stay off social media because everything on it is just so negative. And I'm really learning to hate how negative things are, even though I'm one of those haters. But for the most part, I'm trying to keep things positive. But like throughout my whole journey of 2023, I was like, I, I'm tired of people being negative towards things. Let's find the positive towards things. I was like, if I was just going to be negative about everything the way I was for those couple of months where it was really bad for me, I was like, I never would have got out of that. But because I told myself, I was like, it gets better people are here, people will listen, people will help you. And there's nothing but positive uh, thoughts going towards me that I shouldn't, you know, express out negative thoughts to those people or to anybody. So it's like, as much as possible, I was just going to be like, I'm going to let it go. If I don't like things, I will compliment, I will comment about them on our podcast. But if you ask me in person, I will just be like, eh, it was whatever. So yeah, I do it for the content. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it, it's it, it's funny uh, harold talking about 2023 is the year that um he discovered that he's into uh um not just uh, not just uh korean k-pop but uh girl k-pop bands and everything that's a, that's a great realization i'm gonna use that transition with me um one thing that i realized in 2023 um is that i i i'm i'm secretly into cars like I have I have no I've not I know nothing about cars. Um I I I'm the guy that like I need a mechanic um you know for everything any small thing even if my lights you know turn off and I need I need a replacement I go to the mechanic to get it fixed. I'm pretty sure I can YouTube something. Um but the one thing that I realized over the the, the 2023 is that I'm there are so many shows on like different um, channels like Netflix and, and Hulu and everything about like car restoration shows. Um, 
And um, for some reason, I got really into it to the point where I think over 2023, I got into like seven different like um, uh, like series. Like um, the one I like, I was so happy and excited that they just came out with new series is this thing called um, um, uh, uh, car something car masters from rust to riches and everything, um, uh, rust to riches. And it's the the whole premise is remember, remember back in the day when you would have like um, I, I forgot who that guy is, but um, pimp my ride, yeah, the pimp my ride. Like I, I, I should have I known, I should have known that I, I I was a secret like a uh, car enthusiast because of that. Um, but um, so like the 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 car masters we were talking about the whole premise of it is like it's this like um. It's this supposed like um, uh, like car shop somewhere uh, in like the Inland Empire or something like that, um, and their whole idea is they'll take um, old cars, they'll uh, um, fix it up, and then they'll sell it, and in the hopes that they can get something bigger. And by the end of the season, they have a goal of like um, for the shop they have to make like a, a million dollars or something like that, um, and it's just like like these ridiculous like. Um, like builds and it's not like pimp my ride where it's like um you know it's like uh, like you know, I- impractical impractical it's it's actually like hot rod cars and everything and they do something really cool with it. like this this time around um for some reason i really thought it was so cool they decided to take a tesla one of the earlier teslas and they were like okay what's the coolest thing that we can do with a tesla and they t- what they did is they took out um they kept all the like the electronic stuff of the Tesla, but then they put like a hot rod, um, like um, engine into the into the Tesla. So they needed to figure out uh, how to make an electric car into a actual a gas car, gas car, and not just a not just a gas car, but like a muscle car. So it it was the mo- it's like it's these ridiculous like situations like this, and I'm sitting there going. At the end of the whole the whole things, you know what? If I had money, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I already have I already have the information of this uh of of them. And I'm like, if I like, but you know, you need like sixty thousand dollars or something like that in order for, to make them them make you a car or something like that. But I have like seven, like I said, seven different ones. And then Harold knows, like just recently, um, Gran Turismo came out. And for some reason, I sat down there and like, ooh, I need to watch this, and it's it's my obsession now. I still don't know anything about cars, but um, I dream about restoring cars, and and I will never ever ever do it, mind you, because it means I would get dirty and I would need to, uh, you know, do do stuff. But still, hold on, dude, you are wrong because there's one time in your life that we did restore a car. There was, yeah. Your Civic <laughs> was that really restoration or just fixing it up? No, it was <laughs> turning on the battery because the car died. <laughs> it was like I think this thing still runs, <laughs> and we just sat there for like twenty minutes. We're like it hasn't died yet. <laughs> Look, who knew that? Who knew that a a car that just that that nobody um used for like the longest time could actually still be a uh, you know. Fixed as long as you repair, as long as you replace the battery. It's genius. Bro. About the restoration to me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, shows you my level of expertise. Um, <laughs> my my mechanic once told me, um, 
Dennis, you you need to make sure that uh, you you, you go at least once. Uh, we go go to oil change every three months. And he was like, um, according to this, you haven't changed your oil for a year and a half now. <laughs> and he goes, and he, and he goes, that's the reason why your car is making sounds. Like, oh, cool, thank you, <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, like your car is dying. Yes, you- I know. <laughs> Um, I do like that dream. I, if if you really want it to happen, Dennis, I think it can. No. <laughs> I, I, again, um, too much work, and um, I, I can see myself. I can see myself there, and you know they're doing like um, they're welding stuff, and I have my glasses, and I'm kind of like squinting and trying to figure out how to do um, lines. It's not gonna happen, bro. All right, I guess. <laughs> um, um, I guess for my other favorite of 2023, it's kind of like along the lines of uh, Harold's Choice because it is K-pop related. So 2023 was when um, a lot of the BTS members released solo projects. And that was like a big thing. Like they never released so- solo albums before each of them. I mean, um, a couple of, the rappers had mixtapes, but not like official album releases. Um, I feel like everyone had their own time to shine. They're all in the military now, so they had to get that out. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, they were, I guess their solo projects were like little gifts to ARMY because they were going to join the ARMY. Um, I think it all culminated with the youngest member, Jungkook album he was the last one to release a solo album and i feel like he really catered oh, his album is fully like in english i think he really catered to the overseas fans he did a lot of like the late nights i think he did like the tonight show he had that like um he had like he shut down times square and there's like a stage in times square and it was just like a free concert um and he performed to like thousands of people in the middle was he on trl no, <laughs> it starts at a T TSX. It's some sort of stage, right? And it it's great. I'll send you the link, Harold. It was such a good performance. Um, and then he had two of his songs remixed. He had 3D, one of his songs originally with Jack Harlow. Um, a remix was done with um, Justin Timberlake, and then Standing Next to You, um, his song. Jungkook's song, he, uh, there was also another remix with Usher. So, like, I feel like, I don't know, just seeing one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like, K-pop star in Jungkook um, perform, like, he he released a video with Usher, and you can see them dancing, like, next to each other. It was just, like, a really great, um, combi- like, a combination of, you know, one of our, you know, our favorite artists growing up, Usher, and then one of these like new artists, um, just like, like I don't know, just joining forces, and then like Usher's gonna be in the Super Bowl. Anyway, that's besides the point. I think, I think that was one of my favorite parts of 2023, seeing what each BTS member is capable of. They're different sounds. They're all like if you put each album next to each other, they're so different. And to think about how they come together and form, you know, BTS. You're, 
you're like how do how do these like people with like different musical tastes come together in such a you know a a real like stylized k-pop boy band i don't know it's really interesting to see you know their individual styles so that was one of my favorites i know i i feel like every time i come here i talk about k-pop and bts so um i had to include it in my favorites hey uh, boy bands is life bro yeah Um, who is the band either in the 90s or in the early 2000s that did individual albums for each member Huh. No one. <laughs> no, I mean, number, and it was like a rock band. I'm trying to remember. Huh. I can't remember, but I remember that's what I was thinking of when you're saying like, because uh, you know, Outcast had their double album where it was one by Andre and one by Big Boy, and that's just two guys. So it's like them just doing solo projects. But I have like, there's how many of them? Seven of them. Yes. Okay. Seven different albums? That's kind of crazy. It yeah. is. And it, it, it's so it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And they each had their own promotional schedule, right? Each one, I feel like in Korea, you've probably seen this, Harold. In Korea, they have like these music shows and they perform on like different, like different um, stages, different Korean music shows. Um, I don't know. It, it, was, it was great to see um, how creative each one of them are and in so in so very different ways from each other so. um how long is the service for korea uh i think it's 18 months okay so a year and a half one of the members um because he had like a shoulder surgery um He's not in the military. He's doing like a public service thing. So he's really just like working in like an office for like the military. Um, I don't know if his his stint is longer because he's not in active service mm-hmm. or in active duty. Um, but I believe it's 18 months. Okay. So is there like a they, sense? Like did they, um, you said that their, their albums came out separately. Do you know if they... Um, like started the 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 service around the same time, and is there going to be chance in like sixteen months or, or, or like sixteen yeah like you know or um, a year and a half that they're going to collaborate again? What what's the uh, what's yeah the-, the the goal is twenty twenty five they'll be back together. Everyone will be out of the military by then. Um, they didn't go one by one. Um, they did at first like. One of the members, he's coming. He's coming back in like twenty weeks. Like he's almost done. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so they 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 like it's staggered, right? Um, and before each member, you know, officially enlisted, they released something and was able to perform it to people. And some of them even got to tour. Some of them got to like perform outside of Korea. Um, so yeah, twenty twenty five can't wait did they get did they have to get military haircuts they did yeah there's oh some God. videos of them they're, they're like pictures of them yeah i'll send them i'll send them to you <laughs> like currently dennis has a k-pop haircut and yeah, I, yeah look at that I <laughs> yeah i'm like trying to re-picture how dennis looks with like a shaved head and the k-pop haircut fits him better than it does the shaved head does 
Oh, you can still see on. your bangs, bro. Huh? <laughs> it's like even when you pulled your hair back, you still can see it. It's clearly like <laughs> it's it's very supple. I don't know. I don't know if that was the right word I wanted to use right there. But... Yes. So healthy. And, yeah. and, and, and anytime they they people think of me, the, the first word that they say is supple. <laughs> it's your middle name. Um, the take. <laughs> um I will move on really quickly. I think I just had one TV show that I watched obs- not obsessively, but I actually followed last year. And I we talked about it, but it was The Last of Us. And the reason I will remember this thing is because just last week or whatever, um Ron Swanson won an Emmy for his portrayal in the show show. And wow, now really? people, and now people are gonna remember Ron Swanson, whatever his real name is, I don't care anymore. But <clears throat> Nick Offerman, but he will always <clears throat> remember that he won an Emmy for being in The Last of Us. And it was like, oh, my God, you're, you're so emotional about this. Yeah, I'm so emotional because I haven't drank water in a while. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, the the thing that's still great about that is it was a serial show in terms of you had to wait a week until you watched it. It gave you, you know. We've discussed discussed this before, where it's like the biggest problem with streaming is you get to binge everything right away, and whenever you want to do it, and just all in a row. And it's like, uh, you people build fan bases really quickly with that. I've also learned that people who get into shows like that, those fan them in the fan base doesn't last as long as people who are actually watching it. You know, when it comes out weekly. So for me, the other show that I watched weekly was uh, Only Murders in the Building because on Hulu, apparently they don't like, you know, doing uh, binge watches either. Eventually you can after the fact. But same thing with HBO Max. It's available for you to binge as a whole. But at the same time, if you just wanted to watch it when it came out, that was like the perfect way to watch it. And so for me, enjoyed it very much. Uh, I've gone back and watched it and I'm like, still amazed by it and i really wanted to go back and play the games after watching it for the first time so maybe i'll do that this year huge fan huge fan both games and the the tv show um there's already been a lot of talk about the second season um and they're casting everything but um i don't know um, i don't know how they're going to be able to pull off um i thought last of us was a, was a even even though i'm still kind of Iffy about the ending. Um, I'm I, I still. Uh, I thought it was a really good one. So yeah, a good call. Um, for some reason, I completely forgot about it. I was thinking of like different movies, but Last of Us was it this year. So good call on that one. Anyway. Yeah, I totally forgot too. Oh my, yeah, I agree that that show was. And you're right. The fact that it was released, every, you know, one episode per week. We all had like it became that like collective culture again, right? Like we, we saw the one episode and we could not stop talking about that one episode. And everyone talked about that episode, especially that episode. Sorry. I said episode a lot, especially that episode with, uh, with uh, Nick Offerman. Gosh, I watched that episode twice. I made my husband watch it. And I, you know, every, every time I watch it, I cry because it's just, it's just like a perfect kind of like a perfect episode, like single like episode. The story is great. They got 
so many, like the message came across in just, you know, an hour or, or less than an hour. Oh man. I can't, I can't listen to Linda Ronstadt the same, like, geez, <laughs> that, that episode was so good, but thank you, Harold. Yes. Yeah. That show so, is, <clears throat> you know how they don't have, we don't have water cooler conversations anymore. Mm-hmm. We have like uh Keurig coffee conversations and it's <laughs> like, it was one of those things where it's like when you're waiting for your, you know, it's your turn to use the Keurig at the office or whatever. You'd be like, Hey, did you watch the last of us? And it's like, Oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week or stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like, Oh, I missed it, but I will catch it. It was one of it was really like, it, I wouldn't say it's a cultural phenomenon, but it was one of those things. Like you said, it brought people like for the first time in a long time where I was like, Oh, we can and we can anticipate and we can enjoy the anticipation we can dread the anticipation because so many people are the uh you know give it to me now generation that we live in currently but the waiting was probably half of the fun was just like and you can always appreciate like the walking dead used to do it's like this is what's going to happen in the next episode just a, a small snippet and then you're like yeah i'm in for that and for a whole season that's how it was and that's i think that's great um hopefully it comes out sometime soon damn you uh um, um actually no you can't say damn you to the strike um lots of good things came out of it um let's see um, um last one for me like i and as i mentioned um it's a it's a weird one but um the my best of is 2023 my love of japanese food has grown um, I, I don't know why, like, um, well, actually, no, I know why. I've been, um, have you guys watched um, Netflix? I, no matter how many streaming services I have, Netflix is still, like, one of my main ones for some reason. Have you, um, I, I know, like, years back when um, we started the podcast, I was talking about a show called Samurai Gourmet, um, and they have a show called Midnight Diners. Um, I love Midnight Diners. There's something about that show, and you know every every episode is about one type of food um and my 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 biggest thing is like you know i was like man there's there's no japanese food like that here in like the valley you'd have to go to like downtown la or or you know somewhere out there um and and this is not the review review yet and i i think what made my obsession go even further was is Somewhere in Tarzana, there's actually like a pretty good Japanese restaurant, um, and it actually has like like the I, I've never been to Japan, so uh, what what lo- at least the the um, the food looks like what was on the shows, and the flavors is exactly what is in my head. So I was like, man, you know. So um, these days, like um, instead of like eating ramen, I, I I look for places that has like yakitori. I look like for the Don Don Buris and all those things. Those are my like my, my thing. But just recently, um, my family went to Irvine, and we were it was just for like an overnight thing, and um, we were trying to decide. And I I I just typed it out, and I found this restaurant in Irvine, um, and um, it 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 was kind of you know it had good reviews. Was talking and all the all the food was there, um, and I get there and I, I kid you not, it looked like it was straight from one of those TV shows 
on Netflix. It was like a really tiny hole in the wall type thing. Um, and what's cool about it is that this place, it, like you, there were no walk-ins. You, it was only reservation only. And it wasn't like reservation was hard to get. Like I actually called like at five o'clock. I easily got in, but they were so strict about like their, their, um, you know, the, the, the whole, the, 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 the uh, reservation thing. And when I got there uh, again, like I said, nice environment, nice ambiance and everything. And all the food that I got was really excellent. Like I had like this, um, this beef tendon stew. I had the, a couple of sticks of yakitori. Everything was good. But Kirsch, the one thing that um, I think you would have liked um, is one of the specials that they had was um, it was it said uni from, uh, um, uh, uni from uh, imported from Japan, and um, you know so uh, my wife decided to order it, um, and you know how expensive uni is these days, and so mm-hmm. I was like. You know, um, I I ordered it from my wife just so because I know she loves uni, and so I, I think to myself, okay, calculation calculating how much it is, you know, um, we can afford one like uni thing, and it was the first time I ever seen it, it was an uni instead of like the regular like uni sushi. They actually did a, a uni hand roll, um, and they packed this 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 hand roll with full of uni, and I was like. Oh my God! This is this place is great. Um, so, I would imagine that that hand roll contained the same amount of uni that maybe like two orders of a of of like uni would have. So it was a really good portion. And yeah. my wife was telling me, "You got to try it. You got to try it." But in my head, no, that I, you know, inflation. You know that that thing has to be like thirty bucks or something like that. Especially if it says, it says like imported from blank. You know. Um, we paid for the uh, so um, uh, um, I paid for the, the the meal and I was looking at the bill. I was like, oh my god, this this thing is actually reasonable. I looked at the uni hand roll; it was like less than ten bucks. I was like, what? I should have ordered. I should have ordered like five more. <laughs> but um, the place that uh, not not that anybody here listening uh, goes to Irvine, especially Harold, but it's this place in Irvine called Takaya Yakitori Izakaya. Um, it is this tiny hole in the wall. Um, I think there was only like eight seat, eight seats, or not mm-hmm. eight seats, eight small tables. Each table is like maybe like four. So this t- tiny hole in the wall. But if anybody listening to this in Irvine, that is my um, my best Japanese restaurant. I've and I went to multiple places throughout the year. But that was my number one. Um, Japanese restaurant. Try it. Um, they had everything from udon to um, to like like nabiyaki and all those things. Everything that you can think of, it's there, and it's almost like watching Netflix. That's my review. Yay! Yum! God, my mouth is watering. I'm very hungry. So when you're back, let's go. We'll do a road trip. <laughs> yes, I'm down. I'm down. And we'll, mind we'll, that we'll, we'll force Harold. You know what's funny is. For the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about starting a series called uh, Only in the Valley, as in, since I don't leave the valley, I'm going to try to find everything that people want. And I was just like, well, maybe there's good Japanese food. And then Dennis said, maybe there's one in Tarzana. And I'm like, obviously, there's great Mexican food here and mm-hmm. all types of other things where I could make a series of it because, you know, this, the valley is surprisingly um, diverse. 
but the more and more I think about it, it's like you can only go to the same, at least for me, I can only go to the same skewer place that sells halal foods before I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this off my grub hub because I'm sick of these guys. But um, yeah, I, I think I'd be down to try something different. Hey, yeah. uh, we, we uh, um, our group of friends used to do quests, Harold. We, uh, that's what we got to do. We did, and oh, those, those were the worst, the worst quests in the world. What are you talking about? Bar- barbecue quest still to this day the most epic quest we ever did. I love the Wiener quest. I mean, I love the Wiener quest. That yeah, was my call. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but Wiener quest is where I ended up. Ordering a vegan hot dog at Pink's, so you know. Oh, geez. All of us make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you live, you learn. Yeah. As more <laughs> I still want to go back. I, 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 maybe somebody from our group of friends remember where it was, but there was one during the barbecue quest that we went to where um, you need uh, you needed to get the food through like um, what uh, what was like um, like. Uh, like bulletproof um glass. Yeah, the the door. Yeah, the gate the gate type thingy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was the is. sketchiest. It was the sketchiest barbecue joint ever, but it was one of the best ones we had. Yeah, oh, I bet. that's how you. That's a good sign of a good barbecue place if there's bulletproof glass. <laughs> <laughs> so good, makes you want to shoot your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, last one. Um, my one of my favorites from twenty twenty three. So I was I uh, I don't know why I have this like stupid intro, but so um, I love going to museums. I the last time I was a, the last time I was in town, uh, my husband and I went to the Academy Museum. I, I feel like the Academy Museum is so, um, I guess, underrated. It's one of the, yes, it's one of the museums, you know, on in, in the Miracle Mile, and there's a ton of things to do there. But I, I don't know. There's there all there's always something interesting. So the first time I went to the Academy Academy Museum, I brought it up on the podcast before because it was also one of my favorites from a prior year. Was the Miyazaki exhibit. Um, and a, a Studio Ghibli exhibit, and that was great. So they have like rotating exhibits. So this time, there's a tribute to John Waters, the crazy director. Um, he's from Baltimore. He has just out there movies, some of which I really love. So they have like a retrospective at the Academy Museum. So each of his movies had a little section. Um, devoted to it a lot of props a lot of gosh a lot of pictures a lot of like just like John Waters like memorabilia it's just such a great collection of one of these like crazy crazy directors who will probably never get another exhibit like this anywhere else like he is just so out there um yeah he's (laughs) I think the Academy Museum is just like the perfect place for him to um, like display what it takes to like make his movie memorable. Thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. 
are you guys fans of John Waters? I he's just like a crazy, I loved him in Jackass too. Dude. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. He's yeah. so funny. And he did like um I don't know if you remember, but uh, Lonely Island when they were still on SNL, they did that The Creep. Oh yeah. Um, that video. Like, that's that's John Waters. <laughs> yeah, that's basically John. It's anytime they have the mustache like that, it's a John Waters yeah. impression. Uh, and so good. I, I know John Waters more for being John Waters than I do his <laughs> movies. I, I can mm. only name I think Pink Flamingos off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but everything else. Crybaby is so good. Oh, Crybaby! Oh my God, I forgot. Sorry, yeah. oh, my bad. Let's, <laughs> it's okay. Not, baby, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm a little confused. This John Waters, is he the guy that did Serial Mom? Yes, that's the guy. Okay. Wow. Of all the, of all <laughs> all the movies you know, all the movies Serial Mom. remember Serial Mom. No, okay. good one. They did have a little section <laughs> devoted to Serial Mom. Um, it, it was insane. I love Hairspray. Hairspray yeah, is like that's what I was going to say. He did the original one? Yeah. Or the original one. He, he did the, the original. Ricky, I mean, uh, John Waters is the reason we have Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for Ricky Lake in Hairspray and Crybaby, where she plays, uh, you know, a person that shoots out of the worst fake baby I've seen since American <laughs> Sniper, um, you know, <laughs> it's you kind of forget some of the things that he made sometimes. But the, dude, those movies are entertaining, and it's, it takes a different kind of brain to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of good to like take a peek in that brain, right? Because he's just so eccentric and out there, and he's kind of like a mysterious guy. I, I, and like I said, you're never gonna get a, his an exhibit about his movies anywhere else. So if you guys have a chance <laughs> to go, please go. It's so good just just to see just just to see how it all started and where you know where he is now and the cultural impact, like you know. Like in Jackass too, like he's still around, just like <laughs> just like being himself. Um, it's kind of cool. But Wait, what was he Jackass do? Was he a director, or did he do something? <laughs> he was part of a stunt. Oh god! Oh, he literally had two minutes—not even two minutes—a minute of screen time, just saying, "I'm going to show you a magic trick," and then a giant woman destroys, uh, sits, uh, jumps on top of Wee Man, and that's it. And then they talk about it in in depth where they're like we literally brought john waters out to do this <laughs> that's like good job he's so, he's so insane like then and he'll do stuff like that because he's he's just down oh i forgot mm-hmm. about my favorite john waters thing what when he was on the simpsons and he was the he first was on and, the and he was the first person that uh well he thought that bart was turning gay because he was hanging out with him and then um that's <laughs> yeah. Homer got there, crazy and just made him like what uh sit in front of a billboard to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> there is a section in the exhibit of like yeah, of other things that he has been in and so they show clips of they showed clips of that Simpsons episode. Um so it's really cool to to see how he's still he's still around. And he just got his like start. Um, his start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, um, and then I watched the um, I watched the the live stream of the ceremony, um, and he said something like, "This is the closest to the gutter I've ever been." And I don't know, just so <laughs> just so him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I love the fact that every time we do lists like this, our lists are always like kind of weird and out there. Like it's it's never kind of like, uh, and I think that's a good thing. It's never like in the same same lane that we all do. So I I love it. Um, I, I'm glad that we were able to get together again, Courage. Um, I know with you in New Mexico, it's been a little bit harder to kind of get together, but it... you bleep that part out. <laughs> oh wait, oops. Okay. Oops. I'm almost coming home. So. There you go. <laughs> well, now you guys know where she's at. I'll figure out how to uh, edit that thing. It's totally fine if you can't. Uh, my my mom does it all. Like my mom is still posting. I can't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I yeah, dude. She just posted like yesterday. Something. Yeah, and I send her pictures of sunsets just for her. And she yeah, did you post it? In? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love you. I love you, Mom. You can't disparage um, one of our, our listeners, my dear. That's true. That's true. But I do agree with you, Dennis. I I love our eclectic choices. Um, I mean, what a what a range. And I mean, can you imagine how 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 even more diverse it would be if Lewis was here? Uh, no, no, the answer is no. No, he'd be talking <laughs> about the bear. Oh, gonna do if you talk about the bear, Super Mario Brothers, and then uh probably the, whatever video game that Zelda one is. <laughs> Yikes. I like Yikes. Lewis's middle name is low hanging fruit. So <laughs> still, you know not to sh- not to crap on Lou, but still my favorite one is when we did the dynamic duos and Lewis goes. I choose Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love this so much, Lou. I'm sorry that you're not here to defend yourself for this, but yeah. But that's it, what you get. To be fair, he 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 kind of said it as you know that it was low hanging fruit. So you know, yeah, that's true. That's why he goes yeah. first. That's why he goes first. Yeah. Yeah. When you preface it. By saying, I apologize, this is low-hanging fruit. <laughs> you, know, you know what to expect, I guess. <laughs> I think the next, time we, the next time we do a, a list, we, we'll play a game um, beforehand, and uh, we'll, we'll do like, we'll do like a, a keyword, like a keyword, and if she says it, we all just celebrate. Yes. No, let's do <clears throat> another episode idea would be lowest-hanging fruit. So <laughs> we all come up with a topic, and then whoever picks the lowest-hanging fruit, you know, gets a you know, some kind of demotion. I like this. I like this idea. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna set Lewis up to be the best person in that in that episode. <laughs> no, he's gonna get the he's gonna get be the worst every time. <laughs> it's not low enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, courage. Well, on that note, this has been another episode of the Dorkiest Timeline Podcast, the tangent to the two fanboys in a filthy casual podcast. I am Krisha. This is Dennis. And Lewis isn't here, so I'm Harold. Thank Wait, you, guys. If, if Lewis was here, would you be Harold still? No, I'd be depressed. Oh. <laughs> okay, see you guys. Uh, and scene. <laughs>